0: Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 4, recorded 29 June 2015. A generation ago, if you were a Scottish immigrant and starting a new life in a faraway land, keeping up with the goings-on in Scotland was difficult at best. There was no internet, No email, no social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or Snapchat. Likewise, connecting with other Scottish expatriates in your new home could be challenging. Fortunately, one young expat recognized this communications void and moved to fill it with a Scottish newspaper. Welcome to Under the Tartan Sky and the story of the Scottish Banner. I'm Glenn Moyer and I'm back with my guest, the paper's founder and still publisher and editor, in just a moment. Here in Scotland, 2015 is the Year of Food and Drink, a celebration of the country's outstanding natural larder and produce. From artisan cheeses and world-renowned whiskies, to succulent seasonal berries and Arbroath Smokies, there's an abundance of delicious regional flavours round every corner. Discover the landscapes, people and culture that make our food heritage so unique and enjoy a feast of events and festivals throughout the year come and experience a true taste of Scotland. For most people today, especially younger people, it's hard to imagine life without the technology of instant communication. Why some young folks today wouldn't know what to do if they had to take selfies with a film camera and then wait a few hours to a few days before getting back a print that they could then share but only from hand-to-hand or via snail mail. Yes, even as recently as a generation ago, communication was a very different animal from what it is today. As an immigrant in a new land, trying to keep in touch with home meant writing letters or the occasional but expensive transoceanic phone call and perhaps watching the weekly newsreels at the theater. If you were lucky enough to live in a major city, then overseas newspapers might be available. Fortunately for Scottish expatriates, one young immigrant saw this communications void and moved to fill it by founding a newspaper, the Scottish Banner. With its just-published July issue, the Scottish Banner marks its 39th anniversary. In today's terms, that's a shining example of niche marketing. Joining me, under the tartan sky, is the paper's founder and still publisher and editor, Valerie Kearney. Valerie, welcome, and tell us... What led to your decision to start a Scottish newspaper?
1: I had been a journalist. I did work at the Toronto Telegram, now closed, but uh, I was there for a while. And um, and then I got very involved in Burn Suppers, St. Andrew's Dinners, and I did that uh, because I loved the culture and the Heritage of Scotland. I love the idea of the Haggis being piped in and everybody standing up and clapping it as it comes through into the room and things like that. And, and I love the pipes. I used to bring over very famous people like Andy Stewart. You've probably heard of Andy Stewart. Maybe the Alexander Brothers, Peter Morrison, um, and many, many people. And I, I always had a guest, a famous guest from Scotland, at my Burn suppers or my St. Andrew's Balls. And so that's, and it was very, very, very popular. I would sell maybe four hundred and fifty tickets to a burn supper, and people would still complain that they there was no room for them <laughs> but it was it was the height of immigration. Uh, there was a lot of people coming out then in those days, millions came over, and they everybody they didn't know where they could get a steak pie or mints and patties where 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 can I get a mince pie? Where can I buy a kelp? There was no email, there was no computers, and there was no Scottish paper, so that when I did launch the Scottish Banner at the Fergus Island Games uh, in July 1976, people would say, what's this? And I'd say, it's a Scottish newspaper. And they would say, there's no such thing. There's never been anything for Scots. It's all for the English. And I said, no, no, this is the first Scottish newspaper. And this is the first issue, and it's going out every month from now on. And the following week, the phone rang off the hook. I didn't know what to do with it. So I had to immediately hire somebody so that I could get through my day. And uh, and that's what happened. And then my son left university. He went to university in New Brunswick in Canada. And uh, when he came back, he he went around the world, to find out which country he wanted to live in, and when he came back, he he said, "I know you're not going to like it, but he said, I, I really want to live in Australia. That's the, that's the country for me.'" So I took the Scottish Banner over to Australia, and met with a the distributor there, and who said, "Yes, we have thousands of Scots expats, and they didn't know where to get their steak pie or." you know, what's going on for Scots in, in their city. And, and this is it. It was demand, and uh, we tried to fill the demand both here in North America and in Australia and New Zealand. And I said to Sean afterwards, you don't have to do the paper, but if you want to, it's there for you. And he's still doing it today, and it keeps us very close.
0: So how many how many years ago was it? When When was this that Sean went over to Uh, And you established the Australian edition.
1: I think it was probably about 10, 12, or 15 years ago, something like that. So, and he, and when I went there last year, I, I, as a guest of honor, at one of the Highland Games there, everybody, Sean is very, very popular. He's a very popular young man. And, um, so I was able to meet a lot of people through him at the Highland Games. And, uh. We had a blast. We had a great time, the two of us, you know, uh, meeting all these Australian Scottish banner readers. And uh, so, and I, I'm I'm glad he's there. I wished he would be here, but at least the, the banner keeps us close together, you know.
0: Sure. And now, you were telling me your parents or um, from Scotland, and then you immigrated into Canada originally. You're in the United States now, and so that's your tie to, to Scotland's in your blood. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Very much in my blood. Yes, yes. And it's never gone away because I live with it every day.
0: Were your parents what um, instilled in you, obviously, the Scottish way of life and, and the reason you were immersed in that? And then even once you immigrated here to the to Canada... Um, That that all continued, and that's a contributor to what led you to start a Scottish newspaper. Obviously, you were an immigrant and and felt at a loss yourself as to how to find those things you were looking for.
1: That's right. That's right. That's exactly it. And uh, and I've I've become closer to it. I mean, in the morning, I get up and first thing I do is say, what's the weather like in Scotland today? That's the first thing I do. And then I worry about everywhere else, I'm, <laughs>
0: including I'm, where I am in Florida. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that because I have, uh, on my on my, my iPhone, I have Edinburgh as a location for weather and, and I frequently get up and, and I'll be talking about weather with my friends and I'll say, well, you know, let's see. And, and I'll punch up the phone and if I've forgotten to switch from Edinburgh back to um, my locations here in the States, you know, I'm saying, oh my gosh! You know, the wind is going to be 20 or 30 miles per hour. And They go, oh wait, I wait. I know, I do
1: too. <laughs> I I do too. I mean, and I, and I think, oh, that weather so so awful. They've had have had car accidents because of all that rain and the wind on the bridges. And uh, sometimes it's hard. You know that that temperature over there is um, it's lovely, but it's also hard. You know, and uh, but it's uh, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love the rain. I think it's beautiful. But now at my stage in life, I'm quite happy to be here in Florida.
0: (laughs) You published, you mentioned your son doing um, the paper in Australia. There are two separate editions of the Scottish Banner. There's, I guess, the North American edition, which is the U.S. and Canada that you do. And then there is an Australian uh, or an Australasian uh, edition that takes in Australia and New Zealand, and your son is editor of of that. Why the two separate editions, and how are they different, or are they different?
1: Well, they they are different. They're different with the advertising, of course. John has a completely different advertiser. His advertisers are Australian uh, or or New Zealand, and mine are North American. They can be Canadian, you know, or American, and uh, so the advertising is basically different. If Visit Scotland advertise, then they're advertising how to get to Scotland from Australia with the Australian edition or how to get to Scotland from America in my edition.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: So, um, yeah, we each have our own advertisers, really, except for Visit Scotland, which covers all of Scotland, and they will advertise in both editions occasionally but uh, a different ad because it's coming from a different source of the world, a different part of the world.
0: And in looking at the paper, I see you have a tremendous list of uh, events and clan organizations, contact points, things like that, and and I'm assuming that those would be different uh, as well, geared to the two different audiences.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. Scotland is a fantastic country. It's so very involved in its own heritage, and I think that's something to be very, very proud of. They stand up, and and it's a tiny country, but what they've accomplished with their people that have come from Scotland is unbelievable. They've done, what is it, penicillin. John Logie Baird from Scotland created the television. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So they really have created a lot. The Scots have created a great deal of wonderful things to our world.
0: They have. uh, I've read... Suggestions and and I think only half jokingly that say the Scots are essentially um, uh, responsible for much of the modern world that we live in today and and I think in many ways that's that's probably uh, probably true. You mentioned that you started um, the banner by handing it out at the Highland Games um, and, and geared to expats like yourself, but now uh, as you've just, uh, as you're alluding to, there is. A tremendous um, Scottish community around the world—an estimated 50 million Scott diaspora spread around the world—and um, I assume now they are a part of your audience as well. Who is the typical reader of the Scottish Banner?
1: Well, the typical reader is changing uh, because um, our original readers are now getting very old, and um, so that that crowd that were young then and loved and, and absolutely devoured the Scottish banner. I'm getting calls occasionally that say, I can't read anymore, so it's this kind of thing, but it but it is a change. It's a changing market. Everything changes, you know, and um, we all grow old and things change, and, and now their children are being brought up as Americans or Canadians. And, uh, but they like to think that they can. I get people phoning me saying my my mother read the banner for years, and she passed away about two years ago. But when the banner comes in, it brings my mother with me with with it. You know, it gets gets very sad sometimes. It really does, and uh, and I I like to hear that, and um, I do hear that a great deal. You know. It brings their mother or their father back again to them just for a few minutes.
0: Tell me something about um, what is the, the typical makeup, the editorial makeup of the, of the paper. What types of things will I find if I pick up a copy and read the Scottish Banner?
1: You'll probably find a bit of a lot of different things. You'll find some history. Uh, you'll find what's going on in Scotland, what's, what's found in Scotland today, and, and quotes from newspaper articles. Uh, about what's happened in the past month. Um, and, of course, this independence issue was very, very big for a long time. And Now that's settled down for the time being, although I don't think it's settled down forever. I think it's going to change, but we got over that, and that was good. We have uh, writers in um certain writer that writes an article on what's in a name, and he goes into people's names and gives an explanation of their parts of that why the why the name is, where it comes from and what kind of people where they come from in Scotland, that, that particular family. We have um uh Lady McGregor, she is married to um Clan Chief Malcolm McGregor and she writes a column for us every month. She lives in Scotland.
0: And she actually works for the BBC as yes. well, correct?
1: Yes. Yes, fiona's uh very, done very, very well, very very well indeed. And uh, she's also, we, her and I have been close personal friends for many, many years, but she does very well.
2: And um,
1: yeah, there's different things about Scotland, what's happening today, what's happened in the past, some of the biggest fights and wars that have taken place in this particular month and
0: a bit of everything
1: really, really is.
0: I um, was glancing at, at one of the issues, uh, back issues online, and I found recipes. I even found a Scottish crossword puzzle.
1: Yes, we have a, a Scottish crossword puzzle every month. Uh-huh. It's just a, a variety of Scottish news. We we try to make it as varied as possible. The Scottish recipes, very interesting to people, and uh, it's just an overall of Scottish life, both in Scotland and overseas from an expat point
0: of view. You mentioned when you were talking about uh, the reason for launching the the paper was that at the time there was not a great deal of communication, a way for expats to uh, get information about what was happening in Scotland and and what was going on around them relative to um, continuing and enjoying their Scottish heritage. And I gather that's a a large... um, element in the newspaper. Uh, as I mentioned, I saw a, a great calendar of events so that you can look and find um, Highland Games, uh, Burns Suppers, um, St. Andrew's Balls, those kinds of things that are going on. Is that um, a, a really critical element to the paper and the resource you find that a lot of Oh your readers yeah, use? I think it's,
1: yes. I think that's very important. and They seem to like that. And if there's something happening in their area, um, they it gives them an opportunity to book ahead and, uh, you know, people still like to go to their burn suppers and their St. Andrew's Balls and things like that. I, I think it's very important that people that come over here still continue to be involved in the Scottish community. That is what it's all about, you know, is, as part of your heritage, as part of where you're from, part where your where your soul is from and, uh, and your heart and... Uh, why not be proud of it? Why not go out and support it? And that's what
0: they do. You mentioned the independence referendum, and that was an incredibly oh, huge God. issue. And I, I I think you're right. It's going to continue yeah. to be one. Um Certainly, we've seen the dramatic uh, election results recently, with the huge uh, swing to the SNP. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon is a rock star, it seems, in Scotland and in <laughs> and across the UK. Does the paper take an editorial stance on issues no. like that? I, for example, did the paper come down in favor of or against independence, or or do you remain an objective observer? No, we
1: are observer. Yes, that's exactly what we are. And uh, we just report it as what happens. We don't suggest that anybody does anything. It's up to our readers to make the decision of what they want to do. We just like to report it as accurately as we possibly can, which I think we do. And uh, I don't have any preference myself. I've written some things and my son will say, I don't think you should have said that or, you know, and and, and I, occasionally I will say something, but most of the time I don't care to, you know, because I like to just report what's going on, not what I think Scotland should do. I'm in no position to do
0: that. As an expat, what is your take on, I'm not asking you to to give me a, your opinions on, on independence or otherwise, but it must be interesting to look at the political climate in Scotland. I, I have been really energized about the political situation and the on um, the things going on in Scotland, watching the rise of Alex Salmon and now Nicola Sturgeon. And and I kind of liken it to and maybe you'll relate to this as well, I sort of liken it liken it to the feeling that we saw here in the United States in the days of John F. Kennedy, when this nation seemed to be so very young and vibrant and energized and, and able to literally go to the moon. Do you sense that happening in Scotland and, and as an expat how interesting is it for you to watch all of that take place?
1: It's very interesting. It's very, very interesting for me. When that uh, independence issue was was going through, I think I was up about 5 o'clock one morning trying to get the answer of what's going on. I was reading the, the papers over in Scotland for daylight. Um, I couldn't wait to get the get the handle on what was happening. It's very, very interesting. I don't think Scotland has ever been at a more exciting time in its life, really. I think it's very important what's happening now. But they have to do, and they will do, they're going to do everything they say, and um, I think they're going to win. Scotland is is a winner. It's a small country, but it's a strong country with a strong culture, strong background, and uh, they can just hold their heads high and, and go forward. I'm very, very proud of Scotland.
0: Who were some of the, the Scots that you've uh, interviewed for the paper through the years and, and that really impressed you?
1: Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because I was going through some old I was going through some old tape recordings and I'm thinking, Well I wonder who that was And it was with uh, Alex Sermond and I'd forgotten everything about this and it must have been at least ten years ago. And and I remember thinking, as I listened to him, he's so quiet. He's so he is not arrogant in any way or egotistical. He speaks quietly but firmly and I so enjoyed listening to it. And I thought, My God, I'd forgotten I interviewed Alex Sullivan <laughs> But you do, you forget these things. I've been doing this a long time, you know, and and I thought, oh my gosh, how can you forget Alexander? <laughs> but yeah, you do. But he was wonderful. He was wonderful. Now, maybe he's changed. But in those days that's what he was like. He was very very mild, very no ego, not loud, not pushy, not nothing. He was very very charming, very nice. But I also uh, um interviewed John Swinney. John Swinney is the financial wizard in Scotland. I interviewed John Swinney and found him to be so, I was in awe, really, because I am useless at mathematics. This guy knows everything. And that is amazing. I, I admired him so much. John Swinney was so charming. Again, no ego, no nothing. Just very, very charming.
0: That's the great thing about journalism, though, is is you get the opportunity to meet so many amazing people.
1: I know. I mean, where else would you wind up with John Swinney in his office having a cup of coffee, you know, Um, and people like Alex Salmon? (laughs) You know, it's, um, it's great. It's interesting. Makes life interesting, Glenn.
0: Let me um wrap up then by asking you this um, the paper with the July issue marks 39 years in publication what do you think has been the the key to long-term success of the paper and and how do you see it going forward do you do you see another 39 40 years of publication coming
1: I would like to say so yes um will I I don't know um my my son is, is taking more, uh he's getting stronger and i I I'm so glad that he is. But um we have to talk about that as well. You know, he and I at the moment it's still very, very strong and we're going ahead and uh not really I I don't think I'm gonna be around in thirty nine years time, but um in fact I know I'm now <laughs> but uh but, it, but it's been fun, and it's been great, and I've, I've enjoyed it so much. The people I've met, it's just been fantastic. I would never have had this kind of life with any other position I chose, and uh, I don't regret it at all. I've loved every minute of it.
0: So what do you think has, has been the success of the paper, though? Why has it achieved 39 years of publication? That's pretty amazing for a, a newspaper. Yes,
1: it is. Uh, I just think that because... Scots are very Scottish. They want to know what's going on and what's and and Scotland overseas is, is still very, very strong. You go to the Highland Games and you see things there and I mean it's there's just so much interest in Scottish culture and the pipes and the dancing and the strungs, you know, the, the heavy events. They're all so strong. I don't know another country that has as much to offer and Scotland. I think it's got a lot to offer, and a and people know that when they're Scots, but they're Scottish, that's what they do. They, they promote their own Scottish culture themselves, and they enjoy doing it.
0: My thanks to my guest, Valerie Kearney, publisher and editor of the Scottish Banner. For more on the paper and a link to subscribe, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're thinking about subscribing, don't forget to use iTunes to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of the upcoming weekly episodes. Simply search your iTunes store for Under the Tartan Sky. And if you like what you've heard here, please tell your friends and feel free to rate and review the podcast. It will help spread the word about us to others. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moria. Topalev agis alapa gabra.
2: Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glen L. Moyer Creative Communications. Learn more on our website at www.glenlmoyer.com. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel, and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? We'll get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol tartansky. And thank you for listening.